Warning. This podcast contains some strong language. Romeo and Juliet. Mark Darcy and Elizabeth Bennet. Jack and Rose from Titanic. 2023 dating app culture might encourage us to swipe for a very specific type of tick box partner. But many of the greatest romance stories out there have involved star-crossed lovers from very different worlds. That magic ingredient that brings them all together? That funny little, indescribable thing called chemistry. So how do we find that spark if half our lives are spent online? Is there an app for opposites who attract? And what if your person isn't on an app, but right under your nose? Even, say, less than a metre away in the room next door? I'm more left-leaning, Laura's more right-leaning. Um, Laura was a Brexiteer. I was, I wasn't a Brexiteer. So that was like an issue when I found that out. I was like, I can't believe this. <laughs> Maybe we'd just been locked up for so long. We'd just lost all, you know, lost touch with all sorts of social norms. <laughs> From the standard, this is London Love Stories with Katie Strick. Meet Laura and Richie. I'm Richard, I'm 30, I work in sales for an accountancy firm, and currently I live in Wandsworth. I'm Laura, I'm 31, I'm a finance manager for a property company and live in Wandsworth as well. Now, cast your mind back to August 2020, if you can bear it. It's that first COVID summer, the lockdown restrictions have finally started to ease, and there's a funny traffic light system in place. It means the most exciting thing in the world is going to the pub with five friends and ordering pints using a QR code. Remember that? safe to say we all got to know our housemates pretty well during that strange semi-lockdown summer. By this point, we'd spent a good five months attempting to live full-time between the same four walls. So the prospect of any kind of flatmate changeover and a new person to bake sourdough with was about as wild as life got. Well, that's if you weren't called Richie Johnson and you hadn't had half a dozen changeovers in your six-person house share in Putney already. Live with, like, 20-odd people by that point. A lot of them girls... Yeah, it was quite a transient house, wasn't it? Massively, yeah. First, some context. Richie is a 27-year-old sales manager who's been living in a house share in Putney for a year and a half and has recently returned to the house after four months of lockdown back at his family home in Newcastle. So, yeah, kind of reverted back to my teenage self of living back in my old bedroom with my parents. Sound familiar? Anyway, he's single, he's back in London, and dating prolifically. Well, as prolifically as one can, anyway, when dates have meant awkward Zooms and drinking tinnies in parks for several months now. Laura, a single 28-year-old audit manager, isn't quite so accustomed to the house share experience at this particular point in time. So yeah, it was summer 2020. I'd been living with my best friend for a couple of years, and she was moving in with her boyfriend, so I needed to look for somewhere new. As we were in COVID, I just wanted like a big house, like lots of people. So you'd get that bit of social without going out. Wasn't really thinking of anything like romantic at all as dating was kind of off the cards. I think like a couple of years previous to that was my last serious relationship, but not that I've had sort of like one relationship before and then it's just been sort of dating people for a while and stuff. I dabbled a bit in the apps, but never sort of went on like one or two dates max and then it never really went much further than that so it's probably getting a bit despondent with the app site if I'm honest. Laura had been online, done a few viewings and found a place that seemed to meet most of her requirements. Yes, you guessed it, a house share in Pudney. I thought everyone was going to be aware from the agency that I was moving in that day and he'd literally just come back from Newcastle and I just walked in the kitchen and he was like, who are you? <laughs> Richie and Laura introduced themselves, as you do, 
and quickly settle into life as housemates, living in next-door rooms alongside four other 20-somethings. They're completely different, in many ways, from opposite ends of both the country and the political spectrum. But they just seem to, well, click. So I'm more left-leaning, Laura's more right-leaning. Laura was a Brexiteer, I was... I wasn't a Brexiteer. So that was like initially when I found that out, I was like, I can't believe this. <laughs> I remember speaking to a friend from school about it and being like, she's, she should vote for Brexit. And I was like, oh God, like it felt like a dagger in the heart. And one of the lads was like, who I really respected his opinion, he said, well, you don't want to spend all your time with people with the same viewpoint as you because you just go around in circles in the same vacuum. I was like, yeah, actually, you've got a really good point here. Richie and Laura quickly become an unlikely but tight-knit duo cooking meals and increasingly forgetting they should probably be offering their home-cooked dinners to the other four housemates too. It's important to remember that at this point, life is still far from back to pre-pandemic normality. So mealtimes for them, like for most of us, are still up there with the highlights of any particular day. It's a bit like Big Brother, really, living with five other strangers 24-7 during a national lockdown. Or perhaps we should say Love Island, minus the bikinis and the plush Mallorcan villa. Anyway, it's on a particular Sunday about five weeks into Laura joining the house that the dynamic starts to take an unexpected turn. I woke up after a relatively heavy Sunday session on the settee and Laura walked in and we just had a cuddle. It wasn't anything over the top, it was just like quite a nice, authentic cuddle on the settee, wasn't it? Yeah, it we'd been happened. getting on well, hadn't we, I'd yeah. say, but neither of us had really like thought of anything. And then he just said, shall we have a cuddle? And... I still to this day don't know where it came from. <laughs> like, it, it, it all just happened so naturally, didn't it? Yeah, it kind of just felt right to me. I don't know, because we'd been getting on so well. It took me by surprise a little bit at the time, but when we did it, I was just like, oh, this is really nice, actually. I kind of feel like, oh, why haven't we done this <laughs> like the last few weeks? <laughs> I remember telling my best mate down here, Ed, I was like, you never guess what happened last night. I cuddled my housemates. And it was like, what am I saying? Um, and he was like, oh, you can't be doing that. You can't be doing that. And then there's this, he always, to this day, still takes the mick out of me. Because I said that, I was like, you don't shit where you eat. It just doesn't happen. <laughs> and I was like, that's just never going to happen. And then he came around the following Friday and he was like, and it was just me, him and Laura, like mincing around the house, thinking everyone else is off in their room or whatever. And he was like, Jesus Christ, you could cut the sexual tension with a knife. <laughs> and I was like, really? And he was like, yes. And he was, it came to the point where he was like, I'm going to leave you to it because it was quite weird. And I, I, I don't think, again, you maybe maybe we've just been locked up for so long. We've just lost all, you know, lost touch with all sorts of social norms. <laughs> it wasn't like we were being overly PDA or anything with each other whatsoever. Like, we're not that kind of couple. But he was just like, yeah, I'm going to leave you to it. I'm off. See you later. And then one thing led to another that night, didn't it? Yeah. Let's just say the whole don't mess around with a housemate rule quickly goes out of the window on this particular evening. And rather unfortunately for Richie, so too does his don't leave any evidence rule as well. I left my um, slippers in Laura's room and she was, she texted, you know, her room was like the room next door to mine. And it, you could have just had the back, it would have been the most normal thing in the world. <laughs> Laura's texting me like, what, what do, do I do? do? What do I do? <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, well, <laughs> well, like, we'll sort it out, we'll come, come through and give my slippers. And Laura came through my room and she was like, what about that, that's nice? And it was like, yeah, I don't know really how that came about and what happened there. I think you were quite sure, weren't you? You were like, let's just go for it. And I was like, oh, God, I'm unsure. Like, we've got four other people living in this house. Like, 
Imagine like if you'd just gone on a date with someone, you're already living with them, you've got to spend all your time with them. Everyone in the house is going to be dying to know. And he was like, we can keep it secret, it's fine. <laughs> Reassured me, didn't you? And then it all went from there. And so begins Laura and Richie's secret relationship, right under their housemates' noses. Over the next 10 months, the pair of them get a little better at covering their tracks than they did on that first night. Keen not to be busted before they know whether it's something serious, they develop a system. Weekend sleepovers only, always leave the house at different times, always make sure everyone else has gone to bed before moving next to each other on the sofa. There's always these funny times where you come back, like sometimes we come back at the same time together from work, uh, well, downstairs together from work and you think oh, there's no one in and like one of the housemates would just like rise from the city <laughs> like, <laughs> like hey, where have you been hiding <laughs> we have this like sad little thing of putting James Martin's French adventure on on, a, on an evening like right, proper old couple stuff but it was like you know like Wonderlust watching stuff in a faraway country like during the middle of like depressing winter months we'd put that on and the rest of the house hated it but there was just one girl in particular would just stay down there She'd be like, I'm so, she'd just complain about how tired she was. And you'd be like... And just sit on her phone, wouldn't she? You'd be like, well, oh, well, you can go to bed, you know. <laughs> and she, she wouldn't. And so it'd be like, just one of those cases of just, yep, just waiting for her to bugger off. And well, we would sit and then have like, I don't know, 20 minutes of just like us time on the city together was quite nice and a week and a week nice. So yeah, it was just a case of like, yeah, like a look or a nod to each other or a... <laughs> Yeah, I, Laura can do the looks and I can tell you, I could like decipher what they mean to you now if you like. <laughs> Richie and Laura get to know each other pretty well over the next best part of a year. Secret WhatsApps, special looks, a couple's code. So far, so secret. But as is inevitable with six people living under one roof 24-7, a complicating factor quickly comes to the surface. Enter the love triangle. See, didn't I tell you this was all sounding a bit Love Island? Like, she'd always had, like, a jokey relationship with you, hadn't she? Mm. But she confided in me at one point. She's like, oh, I think there might be something between me and Rich. And, oh, it was just, I wanted, like, the ground to swallow me up, really. Because <laughs> I just, I was, we couldn't, I can't remember how far we'd probably been, like, it was, like, three, four months in at that point. So we weren't, I was like, I don't want to announce it at that point. But you don't want to send off your friend on a completely, like, <laughs> you know that's somewhere that's not going to go anywhere so I just said you know try to put her off the scent and I was like oh I don't see I, I don't see it like that between you two I think it's more like brother sister relationship kind of thing and that was that and I told you and you can believe it could you? not at all I, I just always saw it as like a brother sister relationship like and yeah I just was dumbfounded by it Laura's attempts to throw her housemate off the scent seemed to work at least in the short term but Richie quickly finds himself with his own awkward encounter with another female housemate. He was really socially awkward, very introverted and difficult to speak to, but you know, perfectly nice when you actually manage to open up. And yeah, there was one night in particular on a Sunday and I was like, oh, I'm just going to go into Laura's room surprise her. Um, went in my boxes and um, I was sat there and she was like, right, I'm going to go to the bathroom first and foremost. And as I'm sat there in my boxes, I'm thinking, oh, shit, I've got X, Y, and Z for my room. I'm just not prepared. This is why we've got a system. Like, I mean... <laughs> it was broken the system. Yeah, it was, like, it was absolutely ridiculous. And so I started, like, you know, when you start doubting yourself. And I was like, right, it's like quarter to 11 at night. I'm just going to wait until it goes quiet and I'll nip out. I mean, the, the gap between Laura's room to my room was maybe 
and meet their maximum. So you could probably, probably not s- even that. You could probably step away. One had, step. You just had to navigate over the creaky, the creaky <laughs> floorboards to do it. And I was like, "Sorry, I'll do it." So as I opened the door, she was facing me at the bottom of the first set of stairs while I'm stood there, in my boxers, clearly in Laura's room. Both of us went bright red, and I proceeded then not to go into my own room. To walk up to the bathroom and it was very clear that Laura was in the bathroom door was locked and you knew that no, I knew that <laughs> it did some kind of like weird improv acting thing I was like oh no the door's locked then turned around but had to like pass each other on the stairs while I was in my boxes and she's freaking out that I'm in my boxes and she's seeing this blow for the first time in his, in his strides <laughs> And we have this really awkward, like, oh, my God, she still doesn't say a word. It's just bright red and even more awkward by this point. Then I go back to back to Laura's room, shut the door. My heart is beating through my chest. Texts Laura. And I was like, the jig is up. The I think you up. said, like, oh, my God, we've been rumbled. And I was like, what? I've only been in the bathroom. <laughs> so I was there, absolutely shit myself, thinking, oh, Christ, this is it, done and dusted. Told Laura, the, told Laura what happened. And we were both like, oh, God, we have to come clean in the morning, that kind of thing. And she never said a word to anyone. Okay, so somehow they managed to get away with that one. Or so they tell themselves anyway. But creaking floorboards are far from the only challenge Richie and Laura find themselves having to grapple with in those early days of their steamy spare room affair. Everyone on the outside like knew who was aware. My parents were aware, your parents were aware, my former mates were. And they used to come around, they used to enjoy like trying to ribbon and ribber softened, you know, take the mic. But no one ever pushed the boundary too far because I think everyone knew quite just how much of a delicate balance we were trying to tread really. So in that sense it was it was all quite straight. Yeah, because I remember my mum visiting and she knew about you, but I was like the housemates don't know yet mum, so we've got to talk about it outside the house. <laughs> so she met you kind of not she couldn't really acknowledge that we were going out, could she? Yeah. Even though she was dying to secret relationship, COVID restrictions, a second and third national lockdown. It's not exactly the easiest start to a relationship when you're still trying to figure out whether you actually like each other or not. Finally, in May 2021, almost an entire year since that first sleepover, Richie and Laura treat themselves to their first proper date outside of the house at a nearby French restaurant in honour of James Martin's French adventure, of course. I think it was after our first date we decided to come clean because I said, like, I just don't want to lie to people's faces because we went round to the French restaurant round the corner, didn't we? Yeah. Came back separately. And, like, no, we went out separately and then came back together. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And you went like, look, look who I bumped into on my way home. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it was just, all right, yeah, I was in And we were just like, right, yeah, Christ almighty. <laughs> and then after that, I was like, oh, shall we just come clean? I know it's only our first date, but it was like 10 months in wasn't it we had a conversation like we wouldn't see anyone else or like if someone came up we'd talk to each other about it but Mm. we weren't like official label were we at that point but I think once we'd had the first date it was was quite obvious we were on that track and then I think we were just in the house and it was like we are boyfriend girlfriend aren't we and then I was like yeah (laughs) and that was that let's take a quick break in part two how Richie and Laura navigated those ever so slightly opposing views on politics, and what happened when they told a certain other housemate about their relationship.
the moment had come. Richie and Laura decide to come clean and tell their housemates about their 10-month love affair. And it goes pretty well, all things considered. Lots of we had no ideas and we're really thrilled for yous. But there's one housemate who's not in the room at this particular point. I remember I was like, I think I should just have the conversation like you go out and leave it to me and that'll be that. And even I didn't like really expect that it would be as difficult as it was. She would, she really took it like I'd been lying to her for months and months. Like if I just met someone on a normal date and we were already living together, it would, would have just been so much pressure if everyone in the house knew as well. So I said, it's nothing personal on you. And we, we are still good friends now, eventually. But I thought, oh God, it just went, she was crying and things, wasn't she? And it really didn't go that well. So when you came in, I was like, oh, could have gone better. <laughs> you spent like three or four hours, weren't you? Yeah. Into the nice. Yeah. Wow. And she had quite sort of a frustrated conversation with you, didn't she? Yeah. And I think she just felt really awkward in the house after that and I was always quite conscious because I, I wouldn't have wanted to move into a house with a couple and I was like I don't want other people to feel left out like they want to sit on the sofa and watch TV with us like that's absolutely fine and that's I always tried to reassure people with that but she just I think she just felt uncomfortable with the whole thing didn't she and she probably moved out a couple of months after So the big reveal might not have gone exactly to plan but a weight has certainly been lifted for Richie and Laura since coming clean. Their housemate moves out, a replacement moves in, and finally they're allowed to actually act like a couple. No secrets, no corridor creaking, no awkward bathroom encounters. After 10 months as mum and dad of their Putney house share, they move into their own place in Wandsworth. And contrary to most couples, it turns out they've done the hard part already. Honestly, felt like we were on holiday. It was bliss, wasn't it? <laughs> Like we're, we're all, like I think that was one of the main attraction points of the pair. But it was like we know we were in each other's groove. Like we knew what foods we were both into, like how cleanliness, like our cleanliness levels, all that sort of thing. So it yeah, wasn't it didn't like a sh- feel like the step that it would have done if you'd always lived apart. Definitely no. not. It was just like, oh, this is so nice. We get so much time just to do what we want to do. Yeah, and like not having like worry about people going in the bathroom and <laughs> going in front of you or not being able to get in the shower for like forty-five minutes. It was just bizarre. So, like that's why it felt like a holiday because we just we kept pinching ourselves, didn't we? I think it was a Saturday morning. We woke up and we we're like, there's no one else here but us. I love that we can do nothing and have fun. And I think it's if you're just really comfortable doing nothing with each other and really enjoy each other's company, it's not always like we have to go out and do something. Yeah, 100%. And when I knew you were the one when we just had so much fun, literally in lockdown, doing absolutely nothing. Richie and Laura might have come from very different worlds, but it just seems to work. It's funny, really, how their getting together period coincided with a time that saw the country more politically divided than ever over COVID and the lockdown restrictions. But perhaps there's something to be said for ironing out all the arguments and tackling all the big issues early on. And the more you drill down into certain subjects, like Laura was really good at holding me into account on the amount of, not crap, but the amount of like rhetoric people spout from, especially from like either sides, but there's no, there's no substance behind this, is really interesting. Then once you start digging into that, which Laura's really, really good at, you start questioning everything that you've heard and then thinking a little bit more critically. Yeah, because I think we were both products of our backgrounds really to mm, a point definitely we? and I think we've really like made each each other think differently really which I think a lot of people like for, it's worth doing for a lot of people just not speaking to people that only have the same views as you 
a lot of things we are really aligned on, but maybe if we met on an app and like just went on a quick date, that wouldn't have like come out straight away. I think getting having that time to really get to know each other first really made the difference for us, didn't it? Massively, yeah. I mean, yeah, if I saw Laura on Tinder or whatever, um, I probably wouldn't be... It, because of what you would show as a surface level, yeah, you wouldn't be as interested, like because our political beliefs are quite different. But through living together and through debate and whatever else, and we've learned that there's so much that we actually do agree on, and it's very much a case of opposites attract. But there's we're always coming. We always say we're coming in from two sides of the same coin. Like many couples, it was a global pandemic that was partly to credit for helping Richie and Laura to realise what's important. Sure, they'd have never swiped right for each other on an app. But the upside is a relationship that hasn't taken place in an echo chamber. Far from it. By battling it out over Brexit, free school meals and the lockdown restrictions, both of them learned to listen, to ask questions, to work to understand where the other person is coming from. Things any relationship surely needs when two individuals with different beliefs, histories and backgrounds are coming together to make things work under one roof. Thanks to dating apps, it's become all too easy to dismiss potential partners the moment they express an opinion that's different to the one you've been brought up to believe, as Richie and Laura found out all too well. Perhaps that's where the tick box nature of current dating culture might be going wrong. I think because people have got so many options now on dating apps, I think they're very quick to move on without giving someone a proper chance, Mm. I would say, and I think that's where a lot of people go wrong now actually like obviously you've got to have that initial attraction and things which I think we did but I think people are very quick to write people off now so I would definitely say people if you're going to use the apps go for it but like just give people more of a chance I would agree I think I think everyone in London especially has got that whole phobo that fear of fear of a better offer thing going on it's just like oh there could, there could always be someone out there who who's better than what I've got currently and it's not to say not to say at all that we've settled total opposite it's just that we've got to really know each other and I think through everything in society at the moment is like I want it all now like instant gratification I want an instant relationship it's got to be perfect right now and if it's not it must be wrong we've got to work on things in a relationship to get to that point like nothing ever starts out being perfect so people need to understand and have a bit of patience about working to that point And that's it from this episode of London Love Stories with Katie Strick. If you've got a love or dating story in the capital, then please drop us an email at londonlovestories at standard.co.uk. See you next time.